Please join me in the reading of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. So a lot of times when I have uh, gotten a sermon prepared, um, I look at it and I think, uh, I probably should have come up with a different title, right? But titles are not that important, I guess. If, if I was, just for sake of argument, going to give a different title for this sermon, it actually would be, instead of blessings from above, it would be blessings in community. Why? Because this whole psalm is actually about being in community. Where are the sheep? In community. In a flock. And there's a shepherd of all those sheep. There's all kinds of things, you know, we celebrate in community at churches. Sometimes um, a celebration like a baptism. And a lot of times unexpected joy pops out, right? You've seen different things that have happened at baptisms. Actually, I got, a, I got a, a video of a baptism in community that's, well, a lot of fun. As you can tell, I'm in my uh, A&M holy baptizing shirt <laughs> for a particular reason here today. Young man here be baptized today, Mr. Hudson Wyckoff. Come on down here, buddy. There you go, stand on that, buddy. <laughs> I think the choir's down there. It's going to be on YouTube, okay? Oh, my Lord. Well, we have some Methodist choir members today who've been sprinkled. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Hudson Wyckoff, uh, if there was ever a boy that was going to do that, it's him. He even asked me, Brother Mike, can I do a cannonball into the baptistry today? And uh, I said, Hudson, because you've asked me like a man would, face to face and eye to eye, I'm good with that. <laughs> Choir, I love you. Please forgive me. <laughs> well, 
What, what a great moment. I mean, this kid is loving community. I mean, I know he's probably a showboat. You know, he'll be the next Jimmy Kimmel or something on TV. But he's loving community. Look at, look at his eyes and how he's looking out at his friends, his family. This is a communal activity, and it really is a blessing to him and his whole family and to his church. So when I think about this psalm, I want to remind us that it's a psalm about community. Because in the context of this psalm, as you know, there is a good shepherd. And he's a shepherd of a flock of sheep. And when it, within that communal experience, the individual sheep are blessed by the shepherd. The shepherd doesn't just go looking in the wilderness for sheep that are not his, individual sheep, to bless them. The blessing comes through community. So what are some of these blessings that are found in community when we follow the Good Shepherd? Uh, the first blessing is the blessing of healing. Now, maybe you're tired of hearing me talk about sheep, but we're almost at the end of the series. So let me tell you one more story about sheep, okay? Um, sheep have a tendency to get scabs especially on their head. Those scabs come from a number of different places. Some of them are because a parasite gets in there and the scab begins to spread. And these scabs on the head of sheep are quite contagious to the rest of the flock because sheep love to rub up against each other and drop their head. And it's a sign of affection and comfort. And if there's a scab on one sheep's head, it could spread very rapidly throughout the flock. So one of the reasons the shepherd anoints the sheep's head with oil is it's an ointment. It's a medicinal ointment that heals those scabs. And thus the contagion doesn't spread. There's another reason the shepherd will anoint his sheep on their head. Because especially in the summer, when the grass is out there, and the sheep are feeding, especially at that time of the year, you know, egg insects are alive and well. They're everywhere. And the insects love to invade the sheep's nostrils, little flies. Now, this is kind of gross, but it actually happens. These insects, the little flies, they go inside the nose cavity because it's warm and moist. And they lay larvae inside the nose. And it migrates to other parts of the sheep and can cause all kinds of damage to that sheep. But one of the things early on that it does is it makes the sheep crazy. I mean, you can see, the shepherds say, a sheep who's got it in his nose because the flies have been all around him and gotten up into his nose, and he's shaking his head and he's beating his head against a tree and he's banging against other people. He's frantic to get these things out of his nose. You know what the shepherd does? He takes this special anointing oil and he puts it all over the head of the sheep and down over the nose. Think of it as a, a mosquito repellent. Because when he does that, when he anoints his sheep, when he treats his sheep, the flies stay away. There's something else about sheep that we know um, from the New Testament. And here I'm talking about God's sheep. 
When we hear descriptions of our head being anointed with oil, frequently in the New Testament, it's when Jesus or Jesus sending out his disciples says, I want you to anoint the sick and heal them. I'm sending you out to cast out demons and to anoint the sick and to heal them. As a matter of fact, in the epistle of James, it says if any of you in community, any of you in a flock of sheep, have some sort of sickness, what you should do is call the elders and go before them and ask to be anointed. And the elders will anoint you and pray for you. And the prayer of the righteous one will avail much. Now we could go to an extreme, couldn't we? And we could suggest that if you don't get healed, you must not be righteous. Don't think that's what the text means. It also doesn't mean that there's no other method of healing. That's certainly not what the text means. There were doctors. What it means is you're part of a family. And you're invited by the good shepherd to go to the under-shepherds and say, I'm in need of healing. Will you administer the anointing oil for my healing? By the way, um, we're not a real charismatic church. You know, the gift's all out front. But I will tell you, there's people who have come like that over the last 19 years that I've been here. And they've asked the elders to pray for them. And to anoint them with oil. And there's times where people have been miraculously healed. No other explanation. In community, God says, I'm going to anoint your head with oil. It's a blessing of healing. Healing for the body and healing for the soul. And it happens in community. I can't tell you how many times in the context of deep community my aching heart, my broken heart has been mended, has been healed. That's what happens in community. So there's the blessing of healing. There's also the blessing of provision. In community. Notice what the psalmist says. You spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now again, think about the sheep. The sheep are on a plateau, a table, so to speak. And all over that plateau is green grass. And you think to yourself, a table in the presence of my enemies? What is that all about? What the shepherd knows is, is on that wonderful lush plateau, in the crags and in the hills all around are predators who want to take his sheep. Sometimes he knows right where they are and he's watching for them to come out. But those sheep are at a banquet feast of grass with predators all around them. David says, you anoint my head with oil. You prepare a banquet feast for me, Lord even when my enemies are all around me. Of course, you know, David had enemies all around him when he was running from King Saul. 
real human enemies. And sometimes we, too, have real human enemies. But sometimes it's just the wily forces of the evil one that are all around us. Attempting to drag us away like a sheep. And our good shepherd puts a banquet feast in front of us while all around our enemies are looking for us. At first, that means that God's going to provide in the midst of whatever circumstance it is. Second, it means you're special. You're special. Special enough to be invited to a banquet that God puts on. There's a third blessing. It's the blessing of chosenness. You know, on the spell check, that didn't work very well, but you know what I mean. The blessing of chosenness. We see that image played out with anointing oil in the Old Testament. Whenever the priests of Aaron were called by God out of community to serve the community, called out in order to serve, the priests of Aaron would always come forward and they would be anointed with oil on their heads. In effect, God's saying, I'm taking you from this community and I'm setting you apart for a particular reason and I'm going to anoint you to show you that you're chosen you're selected by God. You know what uh, the New Testament says about priests? It says that we're all priests before God. The new era, isn't it? An era where God calls you to be His child in community, selects you as chosen, and anoints you for particular service. There's another image of anointing that you see in the New Testament. First of all, in the first century culture of the New Testament, it was traditional for anyone who came to your home that you would give them things, right? You would lavish upon them. You would spread the table. You would wash their dirty feet because you walked with sandals in dusty hillsides and lowlands. And, and the feet would be washed of the guests who came in and Frequently, if not always, the feet were anointed with oil. And also, your head was anointed with oil. It was just a tradition. Remember that episode in the life of Jesus where he goes to a, a man's house called Simon? By the way, Simon was a leper. He had been cured of leprosy by Jesus. Jesus goes to Simon's house. And he comes in and he sits down. And a woman appears. Now, I know they knew she was there. And they may have known what her name was. But we don't. That's why I say a woman appears. It's just sort of like out of nowhere in the text, this woman appears. And this is a woman who understands her deep need. And how much she's been forgiven. And she looks at Jesus' feet. And she looks at his head and she says, I've got to anoint him. I've just got to do it. So she takes 
a costly alabaster jar and breaks it open and pours the entire contents on Jesus' feet and his hair. And she wipes that oil with her hair. And some people are scandalized by this, right? This is a woman who is just overwhelmed by gratitude for what God has done for her, and she can't help but express herself. And people say, that expression is inappropriate. And Jesus rebukes them. In particular, he rebukes Simon. And he says, Simon, and here I fill in the gaps because the words are not in the text. Simon, you were cured of leprosy, my man. Simon, you ought to be overwhelmed by gratitude right now. But Simon, and these are the words that are in the text. Simon, when I came in, you didn't anoint my feet. You didn't anoint my head. But ever since I came in, this woman has not stopped covering me with affection. To whom much has been forgiven, much is required. And that woman understood it. So there's the blessing of, of healing. There's the blessing of provision. There's the blessing of chosenness. See, now the picture's turned around. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's not the woman who's anointing Jesus. It's Jesus, the good shepherd, who is anointing you. The oiling, oil of healing and provision and blessing. You're a, a guest at the honored table of the master of the Lord of the universe. Do you see it that way? I mentioned there's the blessing of healing. There's the blessing of provision. There's the blessing of chosenness. And then there's the blessing of abundance. The psalmist says, my cup overflows. It's just running over. So when I usually think about a cup running over, I think about a mistake. Don't you, right? You overpour the glass. I think about my kids putting milk in the glass, and now it's all over the counter. Now i got to clean it up. That's not the image here, right? That's not the image. The image is my cup is so full of blessing that it's flowing over. I can't contain it. It's running over the edge. There's too much for me. My cup overflows, says the psalmist. The, the first thing I notice about that phrase is this, recognition. Okay? The psalmist recognizes it. The psalmist acknowledges the fact that he is showered with blessings. Is that routinely true of us in community as Christ follows? I've mentioned before, but I've got to tell you again. One of the most meaningful experiences for me was being in Ghana. And serving in a variety of ways, uh, but sometimes as a person who was to deliver 
uh, addresses, talks, teaching at a, at a pastor's conference. Now, the pastor's conference wasn't what it is in the United States. It was in one small village of Carpenter. And these pastors weren't trained in school. They didn't have jobs as pastors that they were paid for. They were people who were farmers who were shepherding their folks in a variety of villages. And when they would come for the pastor's conference, they would travel for miles and miles and miles. Not by bus. Mostly by foot. And when they arrived, honestly, compared to what they were used to at home, there was a feast spread for them. We had lots of food. And it was a blessing to them. But every morning before we began, uh, David Mensa, the main director there, would ask someone to pray. And here's what I remember about the prayers. Here's what I remember. It was always, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. For your provision. For your blessing. For our crops. For the rain. For the light of a new day. For life itself. For our children. For food on our table. I tell you, that's every single time what it was. And I was overwhelmed because I knew I had so much. And I knew they had so little. And I realized by contrast and comparison, it was them who were thankful. It was they whose cups were overflowing. They couldn't contain their praise to their good shepherd. They recognized the blessings. Right? And they didn't just recognize the blessings, they expressed the blessings. You see this all over the Psalms. My cup's running over is not the phrase used in every psalm, but in so many psalms of praise, it's thank you, God. Thank you, God, for everything you've done. How often is that true of us, routinely? Is that, no, here's the thing. I'm asking, is that how we live? Not, not how we speak sometimes, but how we live. Amazed by the overflow of God's blessing. I suspect that um, the psalmist think it's a way we ought to live. And if, my friends, your cup is overflowing, what are you doing with the overflow? It's there to share, right? That's the point. So, I have a few things for us to consider. I'll call them recommendations. The first thing I want is for us to remember that blessing comes through community. It, there's no doubt about that you're individuals, right? And so am I. There's no doubt about it that in a flock there were individual sheep. 
But there's also no doubt about it that individual sheep get their blessing through community. Are you in community in a deep way so that the blessing of God can come? The second thing, let's remember to give thanks for the blessings. How often do we? We get together, don't we? We get together and we sing praises to God. And I love our songs. But are they on our lips throughout the week? Maybe not that song. I know some of you might not like the particular song. Don't go there. I'm talking about general praise. Is the praise of God on your lips? Throughout your week? Does your day begin that way? Does your day end that way? Is everything in between an expression of gratitude and praise to God? A third thing. Let's put ourselves in the path of Jesus. So what do I mean by that? If you take a look at the New Testament, what you will notice, not always, but most of the time, what you will notice is when someone was healed by Jesus, someone was touched by Jesus, It's because that person went to Jesus. It's because a woman who had a bleeding disease for seven long years continued to pursue and said, if I could just get close enough to touch his garment, maybe he'll heal me. I'm going to put myself in his way. Or the woman who just refused to be quiet until Jesus listened. Or the man who was blind in Jericho and shouted out from the crowd, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of... Is it irritating you yet? It was irritating the crowd. And they told him to be quiet. Jesus said no. In effect, he got in my way. Bring him on over. And he was healed. Or the father, who was so desperate, he had no other place to go, and he came to Jesus, and he begged him, please, will you heal my son? Jesus said, do you believe? He said, Lord, I I like to think he he said it this way. Lord, I, 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 yeah, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I've, I've got just a little bit of faith. But it was enough to bring me here. Please help my unbelief. And Jesus said, go, your, your son is healed. So let's remember that blessing comes through community. Let's remember to give thanks for the blessing. Let's put ourselves in the path of Jesus. And this final one. Well, before I click the slide, this final one is really, really heavy on my heart. Um, I'm sure I could work harder and do a better job. 
I'm sure that a lot of you could work harder and do a better job. But sometimes, do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes in spite of the admonition to not grow weary in well-doing, you grow weary. You do your best, you try. You try to connect all the dots. You try to do the right thing. And it seems about as dry as this blank sheet of paper. I think, I think what I need, what we all need, is we need the anointing of God. Re- remember, it's the shepherd who poised the anointing oil. It's the shepherd who blesses his flock. We can do all the right things, my friend, and be dry as toast. Unless God pours his anointing oil, his blessing upon us. God can do whatever he wants. He could do it even if we didn't ask. But something tells me he wants us to ask. He wants to pour out his anointing blessing upon our church. And he's waiting to hear our cry. So here's my promise. I already have, but I'm going to continue in a way I haven't all my life. Pray for the anointing of God honest people in this place. I really get uncomfortable talking about something I can't explain. That's just me. I'd rather say, here it is, let's do this, this, and this, and here's the outcome and all that kind of stuff, and, and I know this territory doesn't allow for that. So I'm praying for something I have no idea what it will be or how it will come, or when. I'm only telling you I'm going to pray. And I'm asking you to join me. Will you join me? Will you just pray that God will pour out His anointing Spirit on our congregation? so that we can experience His presence in a a really real and powerful way. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we acknowledge uh, that You're our, our Good Shepherd. We acknowledge that You supply all our needs. We recognize, Lord, that we're the sheep. 
And we know that in spite of ourselves, you make us lie down in green pastures even when we're foolish enough to wander. You lead us beside still waters so that our souls can be refreshed. You guide us in paths of righteousness, not so we can be righteous or great, but for your name's sake. And you even walk with us through the darkest shadows in this life and even the darkest shadow of death. But in the middle of that, Lord, we know we don't need to fear any evil because you're with us. We thank you for your rod, which protects us. We thank you for your staff, which comforts us and brings us back. We thank you that your rod and your staff together, they comfort us. We thank you that you prepare a lavish banquet for us, even in the presence of our enemies. And Lord, we know that our adversary, the devil would love nothing more than to destroy his church. So we pray, Lord, that you will give us gratitude for the banquet. That you'll help our cup to overflow in such a way that we can't contain ourselves and we share it with others. Lord, that you will anoint our head with oil. We ask this, Lord, because we need it. Because we know we're sheep and you're the shepherd. So we ask boldly and humbly, Lord, Grant us our request. In the name of Christ, your Son, we pray. Amen.